Amen. 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 Well, we love you too. What a great testimony. Boy, we could all say that, right? Most of us, if we know Jesus Christ as our Savior, boy, what, a, what an amazing thing that is. He'll always be my Savior. Once he becomes your Savior, he'll never change, right? And that's exciting. It's, a, it's an exciting truth. Thank you for that. Uh, it's good to have the Kichudians with us, and uh, Brother Marios is, is um, the missions pastor at, at Hope Baptist Church there in uh, Romania. Uh, so he travels a lot. I'm sure he's going to tell us about it, but he travels a lot to different to a, a lot of those Eastern Bloc countries over there and, and uh, preaches a lot of conferences and uh, uh, teaches, in a lot of, uh, teaches in a lot of conferences too. Uh, does a lot of that with a lot of churches over there. And so uh, we're looking forward to going over there and being with them in a couple months. Uh, but we're glad to have him here this morning. So, Brother Marius, if you want to come up here and preach, uh, here is the... Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Our Savior is coming back soon. Amen. Amen. Um, it's great to be here, and I've been looking forward to be here with you, and I'm looking forward to having your pastors and the team there soon and minister together in Mo Romania and the Republic of Moldova. So we are excited about that and looking forward. Uh, we came here to bring our son to university, and uh, he received a full scholarship at the University of the South in Sewanee, Tennessee. And before we go starting the message, uh, we learned something uh, from the history of America, but in a funny way. As we left the campus, uh, we were driving down south toward Decatur, Alabama, and the first sign we see on the road uh, is Trail of Tears. Second sign, again, a couple of miles later on, the Trail of Tears. And my wife goes, looks at me and says, do they put these signs for all the parents who are leaving their kids into <laughs> campus? Because <laughs> it was, uh, and then uh, driving all the way to Decatur, Alabama, you see all the signs. So when we reach Decatur, we ask them, what's that supposed to be? Because for sure they didn't put all these signs all the way to Decatur. <laughs> so we learned the history of <laughs> America through the Trail of Tears, but it was ironic and kind of funny for us. <laughs> uh, but we are glad to be here, and I'm glad that, uh, to know John and his family and call them friends, best friends, actually. And I will share with your pastor this morning that actually there are two people in this world that I can go into their house and look into their closet, and they are coming over to my house and looking into my closet without any problems. And that one is John here in the States, and one is in Germany, my, my, my old friend in Germany. So I'm glad for that. Uh, this morning, I would like to share with you um, something that I've learned in the past years in ministry, and something that I would like to be a encouragement for you and a reminder for me, because so many times we get ourselves trapped in doing a lot of stuff, but forgetting what is important, or putting a lot of accent or some some of the aspects of ministry and forgetting others. And if you would turn the Bibles uh, with me and open your Bibles at Matthew chapter 4, and I will be reading from verse 23 through 25. Matthew chapter 4 and reading from verse 23 through 25. 
And before I can go into message, uh, I want to apologize if I might be using wrong words. English is not my native language, it's my second language, even though I speak a lot. But again, speaking in English in Eastern countries of Europe, it doesn't matter how you speak it because <laughs> it's not their language anyway. So, <laughs> uh, so if you would excuse me if I do mistakes of misusing some words. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 to 25 this, and Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse, disease, diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege of opening your words. May you speak to our hearts through your spirit, and may we follow and obey you. Amen. What is ministry? What does God call us to? Each one of us. Because each one of us is called by God, not just to be saved. And praise the Lord, that's a mighty and glorious thing. To be saved from the damnation of sin. To be saved from sin. To be saved into the grace of God. It's a wonderful thing. But God did not call us just out of the world to be saved he called us for a purpose also he called us for a ministry if he would have called us just to be saved he could have just take us to glory right away but he left us here for something more for something more and what is that ministry that we are called and i was looking at the life of jesus and i have to say in the beginning when i was young I was kind of, and when you're young, you tend to do extremes. And it's very hard to keep balance. You either do something or forget something else. Or, and we were putting a lot of emphasis on spiritual things, for example. And we would say things like, God did not call us to do a social work. God called us to spiritual. So we are just preaching. Forget the social work. Then you might have others who are saying, Oh, God called us to feed the hunger. So just go and feed the hunger. Feed the poor. Clothe the poor. And you fall from one extreme to the other. And I was looking at the life of Jesus, and I noticed three things. And while I'm sharing this with you, I will try to share with you uh, also what God has called us to do in Eastern and Central Europe. Uh, because looking at this passage of Scripture, I found some of the things that are important for me and should be important for each one of us. Jesus went throughout all Galilee. Went. And one of the things that draws my attention is that Jesus went. Jesus doesn't stay. Too sad that much of Christianity 
is turning into some sorts of gurus who are sitting in one place, standing in one place, and expecting everyone else to come over from all over to guess, get a piece of their wisdom. God did not call us to be gurus. Just sitting in one place and everyone else comes to us to get a piece of the wisdom we have. No. Jesus went. So we have to go. And Jesus says, go ye. Go. Move. Move. And while we are moving, what are we to do? Because we are not just to be travelers, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm laughing, uh, reminding uh, how God called me into ministry, because I never dreamed of becoming a pastor, nevertheless a missionary. Uh, but the Bible says, uh, and I'll try to remember the verse, translate it into English, uh, uh, in Psalms, I know it's in Psalms, and it says, uh, search for God, and he will fulfill the desires of your hearts. How is, uh, uh, yeah. Psalm 37, I think. Yeah, four, yeah. So, uh, when I was young, I wanted to become a touristic guide. Because I thought, okay, I can travel the world and on somebody else's expense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, God didn't uh, see that a little bit, and he said, okay, you'll travel the world, but for some other things, not just to see the world, but, <laughs> uh, and sometimes God even uses uh, the desires of our hearts, and he will use the desires of your hearts. Of course, he will lean and guide us so he can fulfill his plan through our life. Because, he, as I said, he's not just calling us to travel the world, but for a purpose. We have to go. And I was looking at Jesus, and he traveled throughout Judea, Samaria, Syria. And he goes all these places, and what does he do? And first thing I see Jesus doing is teaching. Teaching. Now, in our text, we read that he was teaching them in their synagogues. But as we read the other Gospels, we find Jesus teaching them on the shores of the sea, teaching them on the mountains, and you're st studying now the preaching of the mount. So wherever he goes, he's teaching. He's teaching the multitudes. And this is a very important aspect of our ministry. And I was glad to hear this morning at the uh, Sunday school teaching, educational part of our ministry, because we have to learn to grow, to educate ourselves, to motivate ourselves. Learning about different stuff, you know. Uh, and it's so important that we learn how to approach a Mormon, to approach a Muslim, how to deal with them. It, it was funny. Uh, and again, I find myself, even though I've been ordained for 20 years, I've been serving as a pastor for 20 years now. And... Two years ago, I find myself in Romania, down in Constanza, where John has served. I was on the street with a lady, and I just didn't realize that this lady comes from a different background that I come from. 
She, even though she was in Romanian, down in Constanza there is a community uh, of Muslims that are, have been there for the past hundreds of years since the Ottoman Empire. They don't really are Muslim. They are just by name, by history, by ethnicity, they are Muslims. But anyway, they are Muslims. But living in Romania, I thought everybody is a Christian. Right? Everybody knows Jesus Christ and heard the name of Jesus Christ. And I, I was with her down the streets and at one point I get to share the gospel and they say, I was talking about Jesus Christ. And then he goes, she goes, who's Jesus? And then I, I realized, oh, I'm talking to a Muslim. And then I said, do you know who Jesus is? And then I have to give you now a little lesson of Romanian. Jesus, translated in Romanian, is Isus. But the word up in Romanian, it's sus. So, Isus. So when I said, do you know who Jesus is? She thought, she said, she made a connection with sus, up. So she said, somebody up there. So I said, yeah, that's a start, <laughs> starting point. <laughs> He's up there, but then <laughs> bringing him from up there down here <laughs> and showing her the Savior. So I had to start and learn how to share the gospel with her, teaching who Jesus is and the Son of Christ, the Son of God who died for us. But this is so important for us. So we have to do the teaching. And let me see if I can get this crank up. No? Yeah, there we go. So... Actually, at some point, I realized that God has called us for this ministry, and we started a ministry in Eastern and Central Europe called Mentoring Ministry. And with the purpose of educating, educating the Christian, because we discovered, we went from place to place, and we discovered that there are many Christians, and in some areas, some pastors that have never had a formal training before becoming pastors. So we started this and organizing conferences or seminaries in the uh, Eastern countries. And the ministry, of course, grew from there. And, but the main purpose was mentoring the disciples and mentoring multiplying leaders while edifying the laborers and evangelizing the lost. Because evangelism, and I will get to that point, there cannot be a mentoring discipleship or teaching ministry unless there is evangelism. Even though on my presentation there, evangelizing the lost is the last point, I was just putting it there because it kind of fits with the names and <laughs> the letters. But on the priority, it's on the top. Because you cannot have teaching unless you don't tell the people the gospel. And it's so sad so sad that people are not, in many churches, do not know what gospel is. Right, right. I've asked some people, some Christians, what the gospel is. And some people don't know the, what the gospel is. They just know the translation of the term good news. But that what's the good news. And I'm, I'm telling you, you know, very, very often, before there is a good news, there must be a bad news. Good, good news without bad news is just news. So what's the bad news before the good news? So what's the bad news I have to share with the people before I share the good news? 
The bad news is that each one of us is born into sin and then to hell. But the good news is that we can be saved from that through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we sang about. Amen? Amen? So that's the first part. And the first part we have to focus on is teaching. And Jesus was teaching. Going, moving, and teaching. And again, speaking of missionaries, uh, sometimes, and so many times, we see missionaries just as those who are going out there somewhere and doing evangelistic crusades. But then, again, I was, was looking, and so starting from this text, I went on and looked at Paul. Paul was a missionary. He went throughout Asia and Europe as a missionary. And I discovered that throughout all his mission trips, he did something very important. In first journey, in Acts 14, it says, and when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra. So that's the first. To do what? Confirming the souls of disciples and exhorting them to continue in faith. So going back to churches, to those who has won, he won for Christ and exhorted, disciple them, teaching them. Amen. Second journey in Acts 15. Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And he went, again we find he went. <laughs> yeah, he went throughout Syria and Cilicia confirming the churches, strengthening the church, teaching the churches. Third journey, in Acts 18, he went over all the country of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Amen. And what we can call the fourth journey, of course, and this is something very, very important. Sometimes when we are not willing to go to do the ministry, God will send us. And then we go willingly. <laughs> I, I was kidding and say, when you don't go willingly, you will go willingly. Because, and I have an example for this. Uh, our church has lost in the past five years 100 families because they moved in Germany or England or Spain in the Western Europe. So when it comes to mission field, and you have to ask people, would you go as a missionary in Germany? Or would you go in France as a missionary? Would you go in England? They might say, no. But then suddenly, willingly, here they go. They go for a better job better pay or for whatever but they go and now we started three churches in Germany because they go they went they didn't go willingly but they went willingly <laughs> so it's it, this is something sometimes we have to see God at work and not be discouraged God is in control throughout of what's happening around the world and 
whatever the way he's moving and he's moving nations and he's moving people, it's all with a purpose. And we have to be confident. And so he was teaching. And while in prison, because he went willingly <laughs> to Rome to be imprisoned, while in prison, he wrote the epistle to the church in Ephesus, Philippi, and Colossians. So doing the same thing, strengthening the churches. That's, we don't realize how important is this ministry of strengthening and teaching. Because the mission work, the preaching of the gospel, is only as strong as the local indigenous churches and people are. So we have to make sure that those who are there are strong in faith. A missionary can come in and leave. But what remains after he leaves is what's important. And the strength of that mission work is just as strong as that work has been done of teaching. And I'm so thankful, and we are an example of this, really. Our church, Hope Baptist Church in Brasov, Romania, existed since 78. And of course, it existed during the communist time and it was under a lot of persecution. But actually, the ministry of the church started when American missionary came in and brought in discipleship. And when he started also in that church, a seminar, Bible seminar. I, I graduated that institute, Bible Institute. And our senior pastor today in Hope Baptist Church graduated from there. And we have other people that are going. So, because he focused, of course, he never learned Romanian, and this was one of his weak points. <laughs> but he always say, and I've been translating for him for seven years. But, and I had the privilege to see him again last, last Sunday. I was with him, so I thank him for that. Uh, but it was so interesting. He, when he came in, he said, we have so many places to preach the gospel. I don't have time to learn Romanian, of course. We can talk about that if it was right on. <laughs> but still, the truth is there. And we can, we can see the fact that there is a need. But weak local churches and local leaders means low result on mid and long terms. And then Jesus went on, and he was doing something else in our text. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And here is the evangelistic side of the ministry. There is no real and eternal change without the new birth. Amen. We can change the outside. We can change the outward behavior. Yes. But, and something that is becoming very fashionable, at least in Eastern Europe, uh, and I know in some other parts of the world, is preaching repentance without faith. And people are called to repent. Repent, repent. And I always tell them, you know, true faith brings repentance. That's right. But repentance doesn't mean that there is faith. Right. And repentance means changing direction. And somebody comes and you preach repenting, repentance. Yeah? So he might say, hmm, this sounds good. Let's get a, take an example. Abusing drugs. And you teach him, you should quit abusing her. You should repent of this sin. You should and he said, hmm, this might be good for my life. So he just repents of, and he quits. 
So he changes the direction. At some point in his life, either to friends, circumstances, low times of his life, he gets on drugs again. And he repents again. He changes the direction the other way too. Because repentance without faith doesn't mean anything. True faith brings repentance, but it brings that kind of repentance that changes the direction of life for eternity. So this is what we have to preach. We don't just bring educational, and there is a lot of truth, educational truth in the Bible, but we have to preach the gospel, gospel of the kingdom. So people are moved, and I don't care who you are, I don't know you. But when you are born into this world, you are born into the devil's family. And recently I insulted the church by saying this. But I don't care. If you feel insulted. If you never accepted Christ into your life through faith, you never trusted him for your salvation, you're in the devil's family. You're on the way to hell. It don't matter the religion you have. And your destiny can change and you can be moved into the kingdom of God, into the God's family, only through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And relying only and solely on him Amen. for that. So that's what we have to do. Preach also the gospel. And you know, sometimes, and I'll go very quick because I have three more minutes. Uh, something else that is very important I'm realizing being involved in teaching in uh, pastoral conferences recently I'm starting to discover more and more that we need to preach the gospel to preachers to pastors three years ago we were in a conference and suddenly and actually again I met uh, last Monday Dr. Tony Kessinger from Melbourne, Florida. He wrote a book. He's very, if you get the chance to read his book, The Devil is in the Details. We translated that book into Romanian as part of our educational ministry. Uh, and he came, and Monday I saw him. Uh, he came, and we were in the Republic of Moldova. And he was teaching on the end time prophecies and revelation. To pastors and suddenly he stops and says I I'm not an evangelist I'm a teacher but I feel compelled by the spirit to stop the study and invite you to Christ I was surprised he was surprised but he stopped and he made an invitation and we had deacons and pastors saved that night we cannot go from the premises that if somebody calls himself a pastor or a deacon or a Christian, he's necessarily saved. We have to preach over and over again the gospel because that's the life changing. And then, again, going on with the ministry is looking at Jesus is that he healed them. 
healing all manner of disease. Now, God can do miracles things, and sometimes he uses us to fulfill the needs of people, to he bring some sort of healing in their life. Miraculous healings, it's something that belongs to him. Amen. But some healings is that God expects us to be involved in. And we can do that. Uh, and serving God does not mean ignoring the physical social needs around us. And I'll give you an example, and I'm using this example very often, because it's from our personal, actually from my wife's life. While we were doing discipleship at one point, she was doing discipleship, personal discipleship with one young lady. And when she would come for the Bible study at our house, when they would have a Bible verse to underline or something, she would take the pen and she was doing very, like she's got something against that Bible, you know. And it happened once, it happened twice, and my wife at one point, she asked, what's wrong with you? What did that Bible do to you? And she said, I'm hungry. She wasn't paying attention to all the teaching, all the there, because she was hungry. Oh, the spiritual food is more important. Let Forget about that. No, you cannot forget. So ever since, after that, they would start the personal discipleship time with eating together. And then, suddenly, the Bible is not stretched anymore. No? So... We cannot forget that. And as I said in the beginning of my early years of ministry, we were kind of doing this. We are called to preach the gospel. We, we, don't, we are not a social work, no. If there is a need, Jesus, when he saw the demon possessed, undressed, he clothed him. When he saw the hunger, he fed them. But he never stopped that. Actually, it wasn't his, truly, it wasn't his main purpose in life to feed the hunger. Right. It wasn't his main purpose in life to clothe the undressed. Right. Though he did it when there was a need. But the whole purpose was to do a complete ministry and bring, bring a complete healing. And I have an example now how this social work should... Uh, work together, merge together with the spiritual work. Because with Jesus, he says, his fame went before him in these places. So it was like an advertisement for him. People would come to hear him speak because they heard that he healed that person, he fed those crowds. So people were coming. Of course, they were getting a lot more than what they were expecting. And recently, uh, in, before actually you come over, it will be one week before you come, we will be in the war zone of Ukraine. The war is still going on in Ukraine, even though media doesn't say anything about it anymore. We'll be there, and we will preach. We'll have four evangelistic crusades. I've already been there in May, in the month of May, and I've seen some needs also, especially in the pastors and their families that are living in that area. 
they live under a lot of discouragement. And when I was there, I, I went there for the sole purpose of preparing the crusades we are going to have in October. But while being there, I saw some other needs of comforting their hearts. So actually, I said, Lord, if you want this next year in May, we'll have a retreat for the pastors and their families in this area. They all walk like this, like carrying the whole burden of the whole world upon them. And it's understandable. Uh, let me just quickly kind of see where we are working. So I will just mention the countries because you are not familiar with uh, the shorter names <laughs> uh, like you have here. Starting from the top, LV, it's Latvia, Belarusia, Ukraine, Moldova, Romania, Serbia, Hungary, Slovakia, Poland, Czech Republic, Germany, and Switzerland. And as the ministry develops and God will open new opportunities, it seems like the ministry now is going westwards. Western Europe needs us. And God is opening doors through those who have left Central Europe and Eastern Europe, moved there, now it's opened the doors there. So if you would pray for us and maybe help in this endeavor to go westwards and it will, it will change. Because we try to do evangelist, church planting, seminars and conferences, implementing discipleship program and biblical counseling. And this is our family and you have, you see our son there for some reason the map, it's missed, <laughs> print, Brashov just dropped. <laughs> it's, it, uh, let's see, oops. Uh, I was looking for the pointer, yeah. But you cannot see it on the screen. Anyway, Brashov, it's a little bit north, not where it is on the map. And the new ministry ground, it's the war zone of Ukraine. And just a statistic, some interesting facts, because you don't see it on media. Uh, in This is... Uh, some numbers from August 2017. In August 2017, you had 10,000, over 10,000 people already killed in the war, and 23,000, 24,000 almost wounded, and over a million and a half people, refugees, that flee the country. Uh, right now, they cannot flee anymore from the war, because if they try to go westwards, the Russians will shoot them on the spot. If they try to run towards east in Russia, the Russians will send them back. So they are kind of trapped in, in that area. So that's, uh, so that uh, already uh, you know, so you know. And that represents 7.2% of occupied Ukraine. And some people say, well, well, why don't they just give it up? Well, because if you give that up, then where would Russia stop? So you don't want to give that up <laughs> yet. And Romania is the border for European Union, so we are very close there. So, but that's kind of where we are. I planned the conference for May. I have no idea how it's going to be dealt with. Just pray and go if it's God willing. But healing all manner, and this is what we have to, to deal. We should be ready to do it. If God asks us, we should be ready to go. And I, have, I want to close with 
three questions. First one is where are you today? To whom you, do you belong? Into the devil's family or into God's family? If you have never placed your faith in Christ and trusted him as your personal savior, you're in the devil's family and you better do it today. So he will move you and take you out from the devil's family into his kingdom. And he will do that if you want. Secondly, if you are in God's kingdom, where are you in relationship to God's calling in your life? How far do you go in fulfilling the ministry? How far do I go? And by saying this, I'm realizing, and I want you to know that God did not call all of us to travel alone. But all of us, to some sort, to some level, we can be involved. Starting with our neighbors, to our workmates, or to those around us. And ending with praying and supporting missionaries. Where are we in all this? May God help us follow Jesus because we want to be followers of Christ. Well, if I look at Christ this morning, he moves. Christ moves around. He's not just sitting in the church. He goes. So if I'm a follower of Christ, I have to move. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for the privilege to be here. If you would stand at your seats with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. What a great reminder that we are called to share the gospel. You might not be called to be a missionary. You might not be called to be a pastor. But you are called to be an evangelist. An evangelist is just somebody that takes the good news of the gospel to the places that God's called him. He's called you to work. He's called you to the store. He called you to your neighborhood. He's got you in those places for a reason. And what a shame that in the United States of America, where we have so much freedom to move around and do whatever we want to do, we have so much freedom to share the gospel, we don't do it. And yet in places like the Ukraine, where they're uh, just completely oppressed, they're doing everything they can to get the gospel to those people. What a shame that, that we don't do what we can and should do in getting the gospel out. A lot, of us, a lot of us do, but are you doing it enough? Are you doing it every time that God lays it on your heart to go share the gospel with somebody? Are you taking every opportunity that you can? I say that all the time, the, the, the point that he made, that if God... If the only purpose of being on this earth was to be saved, then he would have taken us to heaven the minute you accept Christ as your Savior. He's got a job for us to do, and that is to tell others about Jesus Christ. Are you doing it? That's the question this morning. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be your servants. And God, I do pray, first of all, that if there is anybody in here that does not know for sure that they're on their way to heaven, that they would get that taken care of, that they would go from being in the devil's family with the devil as their father to become into God's family with God as their father. 
And that's the only two choices, God. I do pray that if there's somebody that has not gotten that taken care of, they get that taken care of today. But beyond that, God, I pray that you would just burden our hearts about the desire to spread the message of the gospel while we have the time and the opportunity to do it. God, I pray that you'd bless Kichudians over there as they uh, continue to, to disciple those churches. They continue to do what they can to get the gospel out into the areas that, that don't know Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you'd bless their ministry, but uh, right along with that, God, I pray that you'd help us to do the same here. We want to see souls saved. We need to see people discipled. We need to see people grow to be stronger Christians and then go out and be a witness themselves. And God, that's something that you want to do right here, and so I pray that you'd help us to be doing our part, doing our job to make sure that that happens. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano plays, the invitation is open. If God's spoken to your heart, you can come this morning.